Hey everybody, I'm Joel Murphy. And I'm Andy McIntyre. And this is Silver Linings Playback, the podcast where we watch maligned movies and we find their silver linings. And uh, we are continuing looking at movies either about or starring wrestlers this month. And we have the pinnacle of wrestling related cinema ready to rumble. And even more importantly, we have a very special guest, Mr. Jonathan Davenport, to come talk about this movie with us. Hello, Jonathan. Hello, everyone. And I'm sorry that we have to meet under these circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm excited. I'm glad to have you here. I believe that you requested this movie, if I remember correctly, when I... <laughs> you remember incorrectly. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I'm choosing to remember it. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, Jonathan Davenport, our heroes rock, uh, also um, costume designer for many pro wrestlers. Um, um, which may or may not. I don't know if we'll talk about the costumes in uh, in this movie, but maybe we will. Yeah, maybe we won't. Maybe we won't. See where the evening takes us. <laughs> yeah, just, just enjoy the enjoy the ready to rumble ride. Mm. All right. So, Andy, would you like to give a shot at, at setting the people? I, I feel like this movie is infamous, but on the off chance that someone is not familiar with the pitch for for Ready to Rumble, sure. Uh, so before you before you start, oh, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Let me just tell you how excited I am to hear someone pitch this because the whole time I'm watching it, I was like, what is this movie about? Like, it was like a love letter to wrestling at the beginning and then turned to a road trip in the middle. I feel like it changed genres eight times. So, uh, no pressure, but serious pressure. Uh, well, geez, now there's all the pressure in the world to pitch this movie. Um, I don't. I. I. I am as baffled as anybody of how this movie got made. Um, that's not this podcast. Someone should do a podcast where they try to figure out how things got made. That'd mm-hmm. be a great idea. Um, but that being said, if you are a wrestling fan or have been a wrestling fan for a while, I'm sure you're familiar with a little company called World Championship Wrestling. Uh, in their waning days, uh, in the years. 1999, 2000, they were hemorrhaging viewers to WWE uh, or at the time WWF because WWF was putting out a better product pretty much top to bottom. And so in order to try to regain some of those fans, they decided, you know what wrestling fans love? Movies. (laughs) And you know what else they love? Murphy Brown. 
<laughs> and so they got co-star of the Murphy Brown show, Oliver Platt, mm-hmm. to play a professional wrestler. Because when I think imposing physical specimens that can really do some damage, top three, Oliver Platt, mm-hmm. um, just at the you know at the tip top. And they made this movie that can't decide if wrestling's real or if wrestling's scripted or if it's some weird amalgamation of both. And uh, and they said, you know what? But we should also do some gross out comedy mm-hmm. and we should also do a road movie and we should also have a healthy dose of gay panic because it's a movie in the late 90s. <laughs> uh, and just throw it all in a big old blender, turn uh, lifetime baby face Diamond Dallas Page into the big heel for the movie. <laughs> and uh, away we go with this romp. Uh and why not have Frank Zappa's kid make a cameo? And let's just <laughs> let's just do it. We already uh, got James Conn's kid in the movie. And James Conn's <laughs> kid. So you might as well. Uh, and also, I mean, not that David Arquette doesn't also come from a you know, long line. <laughs> of, yeah. Uh, but like, his dad's in the movie, too. So <laughs> Fred Arquette's kid is also in this. <laughs> but let's I want to give a special shout out to like, as you said, WCW, this was in their waning years. But I think they make two really great decisions that I want to make sure to spotlight. One is that their main character played by Oliver Platt is a ripoff of a person who was in the WWF at the time and still Jerry the King Lawler. So you definitely want to remind people that your protagonist is based on the other company that you want them to stop watching. And then two, uh, you know what WCW didn't have in the late nineties, aging protagonists, right? Who would you, who would you make him based on? But so, who could, what aging wrestler could they have possibly? I can't think of be any a star of a movie. I can't think of any. Uh, and then the other thing they do that's really wise is they make the two lead characters that are sort of these audience surrogate characters, the dumbest people on the planet, like just the saddest, most pathetic loser idiots. That's really what you want to. That's what you're saying. This is what we think of you fans. This is what you are. So that's, that's what I was wondering throughout. About yeah. Who? Okay. When they wrote this, was it, uh, was was a wrestling fan? Jonathan, I'm going to stop you right there because you're assuming <laughs> yeah. there's a script, and that's, that's <laughs> and that's a huge. Which honestly, based on <laughs> everything we know about WCW, it's entirely possible it was being made up as it was being filmed. That would actually track <laughs> with their style. <laughs> But I wanted to know, did they think this is what the audience wants? Like they must have, or was it, or is it done in spite of what the audience wants? Like I couldn't tell if the the person behind, we won't say the screenplay, <laughs> but behind the random event generator unit, yes, yes, <laughs> that created the plot, like. Like, were they trying to please a wrestling audience or was it someone from the outside saying like, hey, I know I know uh, structure. I'm just going to make a story and we'll plug wrestling stuff in. It'll be fine. Everyone will love it. I I think you might have just summed up the last four to five years of WCW's existence (laughs) anyway. Are they doing this for their audience or in spite of them? Uh, I don't want to make this too much of a wrestling podcast because this is a movie podcast, but uh, what a microcosm for Mm -hmm. the late 90s and early aughts this movie is. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, Andy, I wanted to toss another thing at you. When you were summing up the film, 
uh, you forgot to mention also women are objects. Oh, Throw that yes. in too. <laughs> yes. That's the other really yes. important element. Like it's it's almost like the foundation oh. upon which a lot of this stands. Well, and also not just objects, but please know that multiple times throughout this, the the protagonist harass women at their jobs when they're not allowed to leave from the fast food woman to the like nitro girl every woman who is forced to interact with them because it is literally their job uh is treated like an object as well so yeah yeah and it was crazy how (laughs) like we're we're sort of used to stories where you know they set up uh, the romantic interest early on and then they keep that thread going throughout and this was one of those weird, I call it a throwback, but I guess it's of its time. Right. But now it feels like a throwback where it's like, yeah, there's the, there's the woman that I, I am destined to be with. Never mind that for now. Here's a bunch of babes yeah. that I need to try to get with, with all my might. And then at the end, I'll get the girl I'm meant to be with also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, good uh, storytelling is when you give the hero everything they want with, uh, with no resistance whatsoever. Uh, like just, you know, <laughs> it's called entouraging and it's very popular. <laughs> uh, no, it's all baffling. And yeah, like just it's also then for Rose McGowan's character as well. Uh also has to be terrible. Like, it's not just that the character is treated like an object, but also secretly working with the villain to sabotage them the whole time, too. And may or may not have been murdered at the end. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yes. She was laying there with her eyes wide open, like not moving. Mm -hmm. No signs of life. Yeah. She may have died for her sins. Yeah, I I've I've both experienced and witnessed many a concussion in my day, and that is not how they work. Yeah, people, even the most unresponsive person does not have their eyes wide open, staring yeah. blankly at nothing. Yeah, such a weird moment. Like, and, and oh, good. I was just going to say, also, if we're, if we're skipping to the end. I don't want to gloss over the fact that Bill Goldberg in his wrestling outfit assaults the guy at the convenience store who had already been like torment like it's you could make the case that that guy is also not really doing anything wrong and that he's just also being bothered at his job which is clearly a pattern with them that specific thing wasn't what i was going to say but i was going to say something in that same category the the movie's sense of justice is so messed up (laughs) it's like the thing that the thing you do wrong and your punishment are so out of whack right you know like Rose McGowan, uh, you know, she, they phoned in uh, who the, the the trainer was, you know, to the bad guy. So she's killed. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the guy at the, the convenience store was just trying to not be ripped off. Right. So he's, he's defenestrated. Right. Yeah. I don't At, understand. After being conned out of a free like drink earlier in the movie yes. as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's a victim. Like, I, I'm not sure what his sin was. And at the end they said, um, 
that'll teach you to pick on kids. And I was trying to remember when nope. did he pick on any kids? Not, not never in the movie. Like, nope. He told the kids to get their bikes off of the front porch of the convenience store, which I think is called doing your job as a convenience <laughs> yeah. store yeah, employee. He, he tried to stop. Well, Andy, if that's what you think, then get ready to be thrown <laughs> through a plate glass window. Yeah. Get ready for <sighs> Bill Goldberg to show up in his wrestling tights. And in his it. gear. Guys <laughs> <laughs> through. Yeah. I could not understand that ending. <laughs> Where is it? Yeah, it would have been weird if Goldberg showed up in jeans and a t-shirt, but it's much weirder that he's just still in his gear. That like it was like he's in the locker room about to change it. They're like, no way. We got one hey, thing Bill. for you to do. No time. Come with me. <laughs> no time. Well, here's the biggest mystery for me, seriously, throughout the whole movie. Um, so Joy Pants. Mm-hmm. Is the the mastermind behind all the all the all the evil in this movie? He's the the biggest. He's the boss ne'er do well, right? Mm-hmm. Why did they explain that? Did well, they ever say what his beef was? Well, the fun thing is that according to IMDb, this character was written for Eric Bischoff, who didn't stick around long enough to play the character. So, yes. I I feel like the <laughs> between the, the time w- they wrote the movie or <laughs> wrote the movie in air quotes, um, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and that it got and it got produced. Uh, Bischoff was one of the many times fired from WCW, and so so it is in line with Bischoff's approach to like the NWO and how he was presented on screen i think that often he was just randomly uh turning on people but i also i think that's another thing too with what is it jimmy king that yeah he's the hero and he is the person that like the two main characters love but he is a horrible person like there's nothing likable about him like once we find out anything about his life i agree he's a horrible person and there's a point in the movie where everyone suddenly arcs, like yes. suddenly yes. changes <laughs> yeah. their point of view and their motivations completely. And you don't know why. Like, yeah. I couldn't understand. Like, why is everyone, why did David Arquette give up on him suddenly? I don't understand. Yeah. Why is he, why is he best friends with him? Why does he want to make things up to his family now? I don't know what's happening. Someone had oh. like save the cat opened and we're like, oh, this is where <laughs> that's supposed to happen, I think. And they were just pitching. <laughs> and then they lit it on fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the, back to Joey Pants. Because mm-hmm. I, I couldn't, I was a very, at the beginning of the movie, I didn't know how bad it was going to be. So I was kind of, I was still into it. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, I don't know if there's a point where in, in this show where we suddenly like, okay, well, what's good about it? Yeah, but I will, we're end. getting there. That's the end. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll so there, okay. Yeah, so yeah. there were some things that I enjoyed oh, leading yeah. up to. No, we'll get there. But no, feel free to. We'll definitely get there. So I was still invested. Mm-hmm. And when they turned on King, and beat him up in the ring and he's laying there and he's bloody. And I was like, okay, I see what this is. This kayfabe, the movie. I understand. <laughs> and then, um, he goes, why? And I was like, legit question. I can't wait to hear the answer to this. And pants goes, why not? And that's all we got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like he, I was like, I hope they follow up on this later. And I never heard it. Did they, did they ever follow up? Did they ever say, no, no. should have screwed me back in the, like it was nothing. Right. When is it? What's weird is this seems Maybe like they're trying to evoke uh, the Bret Hart Montreal screw job thing, but that you could explain like why that happened. There were reasons for that. So you, if you were like, it seems like that's what they're going for, but I, that also might be giving them too much credit because it's in no way. <laughs> well, yeah, there's a little bit of that. And there's also a little bit 
of homage to the many times that WCW just decided they hated Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. For again, apropos of nothing, when you want to like for old school, for longtime wrestling fans, I don't even want to say old school fans, but longtime wrestling fans, there's few wrestlers more synonymous with WCW and NWA than Ric Flair. But a couple of times they just decided, F this guy. Yeah. We don't like him anymore. Yeah. And <laughs> like so much that Ric Flair forgot he was Ric Flair was how bad it got. If you followed the actual stories for that um, and watch the great 30 for 30 documentary about him, uh, a much better <laughs> tale of the waning days of WCW, that little segment of that documentary. Well, but yeah. And even in WCW, they did a plot line where his son, David Flair turned on him at one point, which happens in this movie too, but also is weird and nonsensical in the movie. I have a theory to float past you guys. Oh, sure. Let's have it. Do you think that there was a poop pass on this script? Oh, like the amount that (laughs) could be that was okay? They finished the story Mm -hmm. and someone looked at it and maybe marked it up and said, this is a point of interest, point of interest, point of interest. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. You know what we're missing? Poop. And then someone just did a poop, just like they brought in a poop based script doctor like that was his thing and he came in and just added poop jokes like throughout because they're pretty mathematically there's a rhythm to them they just show up when they need to it's pretty interesting and you can lift them out and nothing changes (laughs) so what i love about that is the way you described that i pictured miles finch from elf like i literally (laughs) pictured the like he has all these i want the room at this exact temperature you get 20 minutes he comes in with a notebook and it's like (laughs) It's like, like, these are the six scenes that we're going to Like, I guarantee you, there, there's one that I, here's where the theory occurred to me. Mm-hmm. So you remember after the match, after the initial match, when, uh, when they turned on King and it was, it was his downfall, right? So then, uh, Gordy and Sean are driving home in their poop mobile, mm-hmm. literally a poop mobile. Yes. Not even me exaggerating. Yeah. Um, and then there's a contrived thing with the steering wheel and they, they crashed, right? And that was pretty traumatic and, and it, it went for a long time with the sparks and the sliding and uh, pretty cool. And then out of nowhere, for no reason, and it was like a weird beat because it wasn't like, ah, um, ah, it wasn't like an extra thing. It was like the cops were already there and they were cleaning up and the scene was clearly over. The energy was gone and they were moving on to the next thing. And then out of nowhere, and I'm not saying it's a bad gag, it's a pretty decent gag, a toilet paper truck comes <laughs> and smashes into them and it makes a confetti thing and, and it's a good joke. But that was not planned. I promise you that was not in the final draft. Someone came in at the last minute and said, we need to, we need to punch this up. Yeah. So that made me think poop pass. And then every time after that, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they brought in the poop, the poop doctor the and poop he doctor. just, yeah. Not to be confused, <laughs> which is not to be confused with the other guy who worked on this script, who at various points, they were like, I don't know how are we going to get him out of this conflict? And he was like, you know what I'm thinking? Kick to the nuts. so that's another great example of punishments not fitting the crime the other way is that jimmy king was as horrible a deadbeat dad and deadbeat husband as you could get and just two swift kicks in the dingle and that's it (laughs) it's literally the term right yeah um well i'm sorry to say that i watched this with my daughter (laughs) (laughs) 
She's so, okay, the second worst deadbeat dad ever. Yes, the number two. <laughs> I'm coming for you, King. Um, also, you can't yeah. say number two at this point. I'm sorry. That's your own fault. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast already has more jokes <laughs> that are landing. Yeah. Uh, how did it rubble. play with your daughter, though? Like, um, It was pretty interesting. She's at an age where... Um, she loves uh, curse words mm-hmm. and <laughs> dirty language. I'm and at that just, age too. <laughs> there you go. She and she keeps. You can't keep it away. You know, like you yeah. can't. You know, we normally just don't let her watch certain things or whatever. But she keeps. You know, and we're trying to keep an open relationship with her. So anything that she wants to ask, she's free to ask. You know, and um, I started watching. Uh, I watched about ten minutes of the movie, and I realized this is why I had I asked you guys, and you were nice enough to accommodate me to push the thing back. I was like, I didn't get to watch it over the weekend. I was realizing it was going to be my whole day, and I wasn't going to spend any time with her today. So I thought maybe I could combine these two things. The first ten minutes doesn't seem that bad. It's mostly poop jokes. <laughs> you know, she who doesn't mind poop jokes? It's right. fine. Right. <laughs> you know, so I was like, you should. Here's what we'll, here's how we'll hang out today. You'll come watch this <laughs> movie with me, and it'll be great. I didn't know what I was in for, um, <laughs> but at one point, uh, she suggested that there be a uh, a counter in the corner of the movie about how often people get kicked in the crotch. Oh yeah, and yeah. then much to our delight. They had a compilation yes. of crutch kicking at the end of the movie. This movie gives you what you want. Yeah. <laughs> also, the best editing in the whole movie was that montage for sure. Like at the end. Solid. Yeah. Yeah. Solid. <laughs> oh, man. Um, there was another thing I wanted to mention to you guys. Oh, just talking about this movie being of its time, right? Like it has all of like if you wanted mm-hmm. to make like did this come out in 2000? It was 2000. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you wanted to make 2000 the movie, like <laughs> I submit to you, mm-hmm. ready to rumble. <laughs> yes. Because it's got it all, including hacking. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. The hacker scene. It's And it's so what you want from a 2000 movie hacking scene where a guy's like, oh, I could find out. Let me go to Hacker's Planet. <laughs> <laughs> And let me just bang on the keys indiscriminately for 30 seconds. And <laughs> But big up to Chris Owen, man. I'm, I'm always happy to see him get work. So that's yeah. that's yeah. nice. The Shermanator from the American Pie movies. Yeah. That's right. That's oh, right. Man. He, yeah. Wow. This was his time. Like he was yeah. 99 He was striking all the irons hot. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Getting yeah, those man. paychecks. And when the uh, lit song came on. Which time? That was my. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, also, I was like, yeah, because I, I I like that song from that era. Yeah, well, I was gonna and say, I was yeah, like, oh, good for them to get that thing. And then it came up a second time. <laughs> but that's a question. Yeah, so I don't know if that's your answer for this. If that's your favorite, mm. but I I feel like if we all want to say our, our the needle drop that made us the most happy to remember the year two thousand, because mine was definitely Cowboy by Kid Rock when they hit the road <laughs> and Cowboy kicked in. I I had the biggest smile on my face for sure. Um, Is there? Oh, good. No, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, to follow up with that, is there another movie in existence that has two different songs by Kid Rock on the soundtrack? <laughs> I don't not. even think Kid Rock's like biography, like his behind the music, I don't even think there's two <laughs> Kid Rock songs in it. Because um, it said Ba and right. uh, Cowboy. Both. I like that you yeah. clarify that. It had Ba Ba and Cowboy, in, in case you needed to know the two Kid Rock songs that they used. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
I, there's so many great needle drops in this. Um, I, I kind of like Scott Kahn singing uh, <laughs> Baby One More Time. That oh, was that a was nice good. moment for me. That's good. Oh, we um, also haven't talked about the other super 2000s thing, which is that they ended up in a bus with nuns at one point, which I feel like had to happen at some point in all of these movies. What's a road movie without a, <laughs> hitching with a bus full of nuns? <laughs> Gotta have the nuns. Yeah. And the poop doctor agrees. And yeah. he went in and, and punched it up with uh, farting nuns. Yeah, Joker. yeah, this, yeah. This new ground. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I didn't mind. <laughs> Honestly, that's one of the jokes that landed for me. When, yeah, when David Arquette, arguably the most serious he's ever been on screen in a movie, is like, yeah, be honest with me, Scott Con. Yeah, did you fart on that on that bus ride? Yeah. What I loved about it too is it's canon in this movie. It's very clearly established. They don't mind the smell. Like they're they're kind of into it. So like it was it was purely academic for them of like I just need to know if this was you or if it maybe. was them. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe because they do say that they like the smell of sewage, but is it processed sewage? Oh, you know? I don't know cuz this is the this is like this is raw. This is like straight from the source. Oh man! Well, we'll have to get the screenwriter to to. We'll have to track down the poop doctor. I'm sure. Well, there was let, me, a logic. let me let me let me download the screenwriter real yeah, quick, yeah. and we'll. <laughs> <laughs> it. Poop I'm sure dot net. A... <laughs> or actually, no. It's it's actually poopjokes.angelfire.com. <laughs> it's an angel fire. It definitely has toasters flying on the website. <laughs> Um, Joel, <laughs> earlier when you mentioned, um, we don't know how to get out of the scene, so we'll do a, a crotch kick. Mm -hmm. The ultimate, I don't know if you saw this, the ultimate, we don't know how to end this scene happened in this movie. I don't think any movie can top it in terms of like, how do we get out of this and just a random event. Again, I will say it's possible I missed some nuance. There's a, yeah, yeah. Right. If you're not watching Because if there's one thing this movie has a lot of, it's nuance. Mm -hmm. yeah. ah, yes. Right in the middle-ish, I feel like, although time lost meaning while I was watching this. Um, <laughs> do you remember that bit where Oliver Platt just started running? Just started running away from things? Like, Oh, because like, when he was when they were trying to track him down and he was trying to avoid everyone. So there was a part where he started running and then he fell into a sewer. And I, I was lost. I was like, what's happening? Why did he run away? What's going on? <laughs> and they fell in the sewer. And I thought, OK, well, if you're going to make someone fall in the sewer, that's going to be a plot point. He's hurt, yeah. you know, and he won't be able to compete in the end. The guys will have to step in for him or something like that. Next scene, he walks out of a medical facility and he's fine, just <laughs> covered in sewage, I guess. And they walk up and they're like, man, are you OK? What's going on? And he just bolts. <laughs> <laughs> And I didn't understand, like, <laughs> like why did any of that happen? And you, where were you going with this? What was the point of the scene? They're like, at the beginning, they're going to approach him and they're going to wonder what's happening and they're mm -hmm. going to try and rope him into something. At the end, he will literally just run away from them, but only <laughs> next door. And then they're going to walk into a building. It was so confusing. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I feel like... We could do a shot by shot breakdown of this entire movie and probably leave with as many questions as we had answers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this movie is utterly baffling from start to finish. And 
I don't know. Should we pivot to, to what the silver linings of this wonderful work of art is? Or is there something else that people feel the need? They, because I'm sure there's plenty to malign. Well, there's a couple of things I think that will be in the silver linings area that will cover this area, but this I think doesn't. So let me just say this first. Can we do some fantasy casting for the King? Because oh, yeah. I feel like Oliver Platt was so, I love him. Oh yeah, I love all that. He's him. great. Yeah, but, but this he's is bad so casting. Miscast in this. Yeah, it's he's bad so casting. miscast. Which also, like, who would have been better? I will say, while we think about that, Joey Pants perfectly cast. Like that, yeah. they nailed. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's why I bring up Oliver Platt yeah. now because I feel like a lot of the cast worked swimmingly. Yeah, I'm trying to think because so this so it would have it would have to be someone from 2000, right? So like it would have to be. Well, or are we just oh, you want to come up with rules now? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's plenty of people that were older men in decent shape that could have done this part. Like they wrote him, I feel like kind of Elvisy a little bit. Like oh, he's a southern. You know who I did? I, I want to I want to put my vote in because fits with the movie. Like fits with the time period. Bruce Campbell. I, I was going to say Bruce Campbell. Oh, Bruce Campbell's it. the right answer. Stole it. Yes. <laughs> okay, we can just move on. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I was going to say Nick Nolte, so I'm glad you guys actually came up with a good answer. Actually, that would have worked for me, too. That yeah, no, Nick Nolte, I think, could have done it. That would have yeah. been interesting. But yeah, it would have been great if they didn't tell him he was in a movie and just showed up and just started acting around him just to see what he did. I think he'd get a better film. But yeah, yeah probably. Yeah, because I can't remember the exact year, but I know it was around this time that that first Spider-Man must have come out with Bruce Campbell. Yeah, it was right? a couple years later. Yeah. I was going to ask about that because yeah. how much were you thinking of the original Spider-Man movie during this? Well, definitely when I saw Macho Man and the fact that yeah. he looks exactly like he does when he yeah, plays Yeah, he has strong Bonesaw energy. <laughs> he was Bonesaw McGraw when yeah. he walked in there. Yeah. Absolutely. Better wrestling in Spider-Man for sure, though, I think. That's real. Yeah. (laughs) There were some decent moves in this, like, and not like, yeah. Yeah, you have real wrestlers, so, like, if there was no wrestling that was good in this, but I think anything involving uh, David Arquette or Oliver Platt was not good. Anything involving two wrestlers with a camera pointed at them was obviously good but unless their back was turned then they were suddenly very good yeah yeah <laughs> suddenly looked, looked a whole lot like chris still. canyon yeah that's what it was thank you i was trying to remember yeah because i saw that too like on the imdb yeah that apparently canyon was his stunt double for this movie makes sense yeah because they have yeah. the exact same physique like for sure. <laughs> indistinguishable yeah oliver platt and chris canyon but yeah. i love that canyon gets uh his due playing a fan beating up Titus and Claire in the last scene. Yes. I thought I saw that, but you know, half the movie felt like a hallucination. So who knows? Also, by the way, just one last thing before, if we want to move on, because I do again, not to pull any threads on the reality of this movie, because that's a a fool's errand, but I was confused (laughs) by the fact that we're told that King part of his gimmick is that he's undefeated, but also Bill Goldberg is in this movie. So what is the, movie bill goldberg's thing <laughs> like <laughs> like what is he known for what is the movie's sting thing right well, sting makes no sense in this movie like whatsoever because no. he's yeah he's clearly like in his crow stuff but he's acting not anything like yeah he was at the time well this is also a very weird time 
in actual Sting's career where he was kind of the crow, but he was doing kind of the surfer thing and he was kind of an NWO Wolfpack and he was kind of doing a lot that didn't make sense. And he's just that Sting. Was, that was such a baffling, I'll call it a cameo because they didn't set it up for non-wrestling fans at all. No. Oh no, no. What a confusing movie for people. But they also, took the time, the art director took the time to make a event poster of Sting versus King that's just on a wall somewhere. <laughs> Brother, I'm sorry, not to go back to this because we did settle it, but something occurred to me that I do want to throw out there. You know who would have been perfect casting for the main character in this movie? Diamond Dallas Page. <laughs> That's unfortunately correct. Yes. You know, wow. It just occurred to me that you could have just put it. Why, like, how did they talk them into making him the villain? It would have been immediately better if he played that part. Wow. Yeah. Maybe they decided that Diamond Dallas Page was more believable as a despicable bad guy than a dirtbag deadbeat dad. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. Wow. Yep. Okay, so pivoting? Are we pivoting? Yeah, let's okay. let's pivot. Let's pivot. Right. Let's pivot. Uh, I have a two-word silver lining: Martin Landau. Oh my God! Yes, yes. Stole the movie. Yeah. How did we wait this long to talk? Okay, because yeah, now that we're here, the absolute unequivocal best scene in this whole movie is when they show up to beat him up, and it's a mannequin. <laughs> It's so good. Yeah. And just watching him absolutely destroy Perry Saturn and Sid Vicious oh, yeah. is no Every, notes. Yeah. No, no notes. Yeah, Every moment that he was on screen was fantastic. No, he's definitely well, the best part of this movie. From from his opening from his intro, Sal Bandini, wanna wrestle? Yeah. Great. <laughs> and and going again back to the last convenience store thing, if you're going to tell me that I was going to watch a movie that was going to end with Martin Landau in a hot tub full of chicks, and that would make more sense than anything else that came before it, <laughs> I never would have believed you. Uh, yeah, no, his, his bit was amazing. Um, and it was so good that when they inevitably took him out of the story, it was kind of a letdown. You were like, yeah. oh, well, I guess uh, we're stuck with the rest of the cast now, huh? <laughs> yeah. If he had shown up to save the day at the end, that would have been everything. Yeah. He's like, the only one who didn't show up at the end to save the day. So many people showed up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it was only bested by Avengers Endgame with people showing up <laughs> at the end. <laughs> Let's talk uh, production value. That movie looked fantastic. Yes. Yeah, it did. It yeah. really did. It was lit so well. Like they put so much care into everything. Every shot was beautiful. Like mm -hmm. they didn't phone in any of them. It was beautiful looking. Which is no, really funny when you think about what you're watching, like of how that some like genius cinematographer was like lighting Oliver Platt's crotch so that they could perfectly <laughs> film it, it can getting be kicked, kicked by Rhea Palm <laughs> or by uh, Caroline Ray. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, oh my, just like Rhea Perlman would have been great casting. <laughs> <laughs> Not that Caroline Ray was Caroline Ray was delightful in this movie. Oh, she as well. was great. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, uh, but Rhea Perlman could have also crushed that part. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, my favorite joke in the movie 
Um, let me see if I got it. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So I think it's at the, I think it's at the, the fast food, uh, restaurant area. And this isn't like a joke. Like I'm laughing because it's stupid. I, I genuinely thought it was a good joke. Um, you guys are losers. Oh yeah. Would losers have two tickets to Saturday night nitro? <laughs> yes. And he went, oh, like, <laughs> he didn't fight her. and Arquette is is this the role he's born to play he is a master at this role with the dry delivery and the seriousness and the timing I feel like he nailed it yeah I feel like the the other guy should have been something else like I think Arquette could have worked in a movie if he was the friend of a more put together guy I guess like like, I yeah. think they were trying for, like, a dumb and dumber thing, and it didn't quite click. But no, he's... Well, yeah. Because they started it, like, dumber. Yeah. And then had yeah. to go another level past that. Yeah, they started, like, like, they started season 10 of The Simpsons with how intelligent <laughs> both are. Yeah, th- this was way past jerk-ass Homer stage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and I know we're silver lining it, but, like, if you cast two guys in a movie, Scott Kahn and David Arquette... And tell me one of them is going to end up being a pro wrestler and save the day. <laughs> My money's on Scott Kahn. Dude is yoked. Right? I, yes. I mean, I'll point you to the fact that only one of them ended up WCW champion. So that's true. I guess Scott history... Kahn never got above the TV title. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's which I guess we should talk about. I don't know that that's a silver lining, but it is definitely a footnote in this story that to promote this movie, David Arquette won the WCW championship, like on an episode. I'll spin it into a silver lining. Yeah. Uh, David Arquette spoke out against that happening. Mm -hmm. And then all the money that WCW paid him, he donated to the families of Brian Pillman, Owen Hart, uh, Darren Drozdoff and other wrestlers that had been either paralyzed or, uh, passed away early so he knew what he uh, he's knew what he was doing with that and he you know did the right thing by it so that's a silver lining well also the the documentary you can't kill david arquette like is so good if people so good and like so i guess that is a silver lining in that that wouldn't have happened had all of this not happened so because like i it made me really like arquette and realize yeah how big of a wrestling fan he is and how aware of like that he seems to feel the same way that we all do about all of this that like he has no illusions that any of that was like winning him support among wrestling fans yeah yeah and it's just i mean he seems like a good dude he I would be surprised if this wasn't the most fun he had making a movie in his career. Just it seemed like he was loving every second of it. Yeah. Yes, he was. And he was at 11 for the whole movie. Like, I'm going to blow out the mic. Do you remember uh, the dad? By the way, let's talk about the dad. The cop dad. But yeah. like um, they do the shakedown at the, the gas station. And he's like, wrestling is fake. And our cast line is wrestling isn't fake. So let's hear him deliver it. He goes, wrestling gets in fact! <laughs> like, screams it! Yeah. And then there's this beat afterwards, like, it didn't change anything, no one reacts. It's this, like, little gem right in the middle. It was like, that's how he always responds to that, with just 
yes, a banshee scream of wrestling is Yeah, page. exactly. I love the, the response. Like, I love the notion that his dad, that that's normal. And his dad sees that and goes like, my son really has problems like regulating his emotions when he's challenged. <laughs> you know what he should be? A cop like the rest of us. Like, <laughs> the rest of us. Oh, yeah. The idea that anyone thought it was a good idea for him to be a cop is truly baffling <laughs> about this movie. Look, in the end, all of us have two paths. <laughs> or pro wrestler. Yeah. And there's no in between. Well, except Big Boss Man. I think that's the in between. <laughs> See, I was going to make a it depends on which one you feed joke, but the Big Boss Man was way better. <laughs> Oh man! Also, I'll just say for silver linings, the three cages on top of each other. I'm a fan of. Like, it, I don't know how yeah. much sense it makes, but it it looked cool. It was kind of cool, right? Yeah. I yeah. When they first announced it, cage on a cage on a cage. I thought, oh, par for the course for this movie. But I wasn't imagining. I don't know why, but I wasn't imagining each cage had its own floor for yeah. some reason. Mm. It was just like a like just really the, tall. The feeling was just getting more narrow. Yeah. <laughs> I understand <laughs> the point of this. But once he crawled in and made like another chamber, I was like, oh, it's, it's, they should probably yeah. do that. It's kind of cool. Well, and the funny thing is, I think they ended up using it again, much like Arquette winning the title. I think they used this structure in WCW after the movie. Oh, came out. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's how we lost Herbal, how we. Dropped the title to Jeff Jarrett to turn on Diamond Dallas Page, who, even though DDP was the villain in the movie. Because he was not a villain on TV at the time, so he was helping Arquette. Right, like, and Jeff Jarrett was a villain on TV, so why not have Jeff Jarrett be the villain of the movie and DDP be the babyface that... Uh, um, yeah, I will say one other thing, and I don't know if it counts as a silver lining or whatever, but uh, this is something else I got from the IMDb trivia. But DDP pitched an ending to this movie that didn't oh. happen. Uh, and his ending was that uh, after the match and after everything had all the dust had settled, um, David Arquette goes backstage and walks in on uh, Jimmy King and DDP, like laughing and joking and having fun and like hugging and stuff. And they're like, welcome to the business, pal. And like the whole thing was a work. <laughs> That's pretty interesting. Like yeah. that would have been a great ending if they'd actually gone with it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Not bad. Let me see if I can beat it. <laughs> <laughs> what if, I don't know, Goldberg and several other of the cast members show up at the convenience store at the end and kick that guy's ass. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's better. Right. Also, also you know. Andy, sorry. Um, I'm getting a note from the poop guy. It was uh, that scene, you know, so they come in and he's like, Hey kid, it's all at work. And then they're like, but hold on, I got to go poop. And then <laughs> instantly better. I'm yeah. just saying, yeah, he's a, he's a doctor. He spent eight years in, <laughs> Poof school for a reason. Yeah. Do you think no, the, had, the poop doctor is, yeah. Do you think they had different jobs? Now this is, you have me wondering this. Like, do you think that before this, this person was brought in that they actually were like, uh, I don't know, like construction workers or something. And then he was like, guys, no, they, this is a golden opportunity. They, they work with poop. They drive a truck full of poop. <laughs> like he's, he's in a, a, a porta potty in the beginning and he, he traps him in there with poop. Like you, there's so many opportunities. So now I'm just picturing like 
someone leaving the script in a cab and the poop doctor finding and being like, these people need my help. This is my calling. When the poop doctor is on a roll, you don't stop him. <laughs> Let him do his job. Yeah. Um, this is, I think, only the second movie that we've watched for this podcast where there was like a blooper reel. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I love that they include the shot of Oliver Platt legit punching Randy Savage in the face. Yeah. Yeah. Was that real? Yes. Yeah. He screwed yeah. up and a legit punched Macho Man Randy Savage in the face. Oh, wow. And, um, Somehow Oliver Platt still with us. Because <laughs> uh, I don't know how big of a fan people out there listening are of the Macho Man Randy Savage, but he was a bit of a loose cannon. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> you know, um, just type his name into YouTube and play whatever comes up and you'll yeah. get a sense. <laughs> oh, I will submit that the greatest comedy sketch of all time is his cream of the crop promo his where he just keeps pulling out like little things of coffee creamer I, it just keeps getting funnier every yeah. time he does it I it will, is genius i will also submit that uh the, i would put in contention the uh match made in heaven match made in hell when he and elizabeth got married and their opening presents because this, this is going to pay off in the fact that one of the presents is a snake that was put there by Jake the Snake Roberts. But leading up to that, as he's opening one of the presents, Macho Man just goes, I'm going to save the ribbon. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm going to save the ribbon. Like the fact that he worked that into the angle of like, I just want this known, like for the record, like you can reuse this stuff. Like this. Is- <laughs> Genius. Genius. Oh, man. And he's only in the fantasy sequence and then never shows up the rest of the movie. Well, it's weird that there's... Well done with that fantasy sequence. Well, I was going to say, how weird is it, though, that like... Because, I mean, granted, they could have... If I want to believe that this was intentional, but it doesn't feel like it... That there's this fantasy sequence that has to be a fantasy sequence because, like, it's so wild. But then they kind of do it unironically at the end and it doesn't seem to be played for that of like the idea of like the thing that I fantasized about is happening now. Like it's just, we've now reached the point where this is normal. Like I legit have a (laughs) bunch of wrestlers and we're beating up Amit Zappa. (laughs) (laughs) What a great bookend. I mean, um, I mean, they clearly this, someone read a screenwriting book to make this I mean, if the end of this movie was just Jay and silent Bob strike back and it was just Arquette and Scott Kahn with a truck full of wrestlers beating up every person who was ever mean to them. I I'm kind of into it. Like, honestly, (laughs) and because this movie is all things to all people, it wouldn't have been out of place. No. You can drop anything into this movie and it still works. <laughs> yes. there's, there's no scene that wouldn't have made sense in this movie. No, it's all fine. Oh, foreign objects. <laughs> oh, what was that scene? Oh, yeah. Which also, so again, so we discover that Rose McGowan's character is some sort of I don't know. She's, she's a turncoat. Turncoat, but also, yeah, they have a sex scene. <laughs> like but do they or something they have us i mean he tells his dad he's not a virgin anymore so that i'm not he might be wrong about that fact what i kind of wondered about because he didn't seem to have any idea what was happening with her like she's clearly heavily flirting with him um giving him the eyes putting on the moves and then he 
beats her up. <laughs> and then oh, she goes, when she, I like the cut of your gym. Let's take this into the bedroom. Yeah, because when she disrobes, he freaks out. He's like, foreign objects. And then beats her up again. And then, you know, and then the next day he's like, you know, no longer a virgin. And it's, uh, what does he think that means? <laughs> but also, just I have it. now fought a woman yeah. in yeah. her bedroom. I have done it. But, but also, why does he say foreign objects? I'm not really letting that go. Like, what? <laughs> explain that. In, in, like, how does he what? think breasts are foreign objects? Like, because it's foreign to his experience up till now. I guess I don't. Like, I, yeah. I just assumed that she had nipple rings in the shape of steel chairs. <laughs> <laughs> Was that wrong? Of should I not have thought that? I, that's. I, yeah. It's heavily implied. It's heavily implied. <laughs> okay, good. Just. <laughs> That was such a bizarre scene. Which is somehow weirder than their previous scene where David Arquette climbs up on the hood of a car to reenact the poster of her that he supposedly has in his room. I liked that joke. I thought yeah. that landed for me. Yeah. I'm going to put that out there. Yeah, good guy. He's like, oh, no, it's this one. And he yeah. actually like does it and yeah. does like the Tawny Katane style yes. uh, car hood pose. I... Uh, I, know, I thought that was a well-written joke. Okay, uh, one yeah, of a few right. of this movie. I thought I thought there were some good, some well-written, some well-written sort of little joke moments. You know, it was a surprisingly. I don't know. <laughs> it, it's not the kind of joke that you would expect. I think in this movie, I it, it's a little absurd. I guess you know what I loved. I loved when he his dad said to him something about yeah, you're the kind of guy that has trouble. What was it? Fishing your willy out to to pee or something? He's like, it's not that I have trouble. I just I don't see the point. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great gag. That's a great gag. Yeah, it's that is character building. <laughs> just sometimes I don't see the point. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, a weird thing about this movie is that despite it not seeming to know its audience. It knew exactly what movie it was making the whole time. Yes. And that like, like it didn't know if it was like. Loving wrestling, hating wrestling, but it 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 knew its lane despite not knowing its audience. And that's, I think, a unique criteria of a movie that I don't know that I've ever usually if a movie knows its lane, it also knows its audience. And somehow this movie (laughs) stuck one landing and completely (laughs) flubbed the other. Yeah, I'm, I I do find myself just truly baffled by who they thought this was for. Like, I, that is the question that I don't think will be answered. It's like, did they really think that someone who despised wrestling was going to hate watch this, but then be charmed by, like, how dumb wrestling is in it? Like, that the fans are dumb and that, like, like I'm just truly... Because, yeah, I, I can't imagine for as many cameos as there are that they thought that wrestling fans were going to walk away from this like, man, I feel seen. Like, finally. You know, a couple things. I think I, I, this movie, I assume, was not a hit. Is that correct? That's accurate. That's accurate. Yeah. So, I think a couple of things could have changed that without changing everything about it. One, switch out Oliver Platt for someone more... For Bruce stupid. Campbell. Bruce Campbell. For yeah. Bruce Campbell, yeah. yeah. Or if we could uh, find some A-lister from the 2000s who could have fit it better, you know, uh, you know, whatever. So that would have helped a lot. I think. Jeff Bridges. 
<laughs> Jeff Bridges. <laughs> like, I just feel like you remember what the 2000s were like or the, the late 90s, early 2000s, you know, mm-hmm. it was uh, it was a gross time. It was gross. Mm-hmm. And that movie is gross. Like it, it's out of place now. But then, like, these were the kinds of gags that were going over. There's a lot of body humors, a lot of poop stuff. There's a lot of there's a lot of it, you know, um, and I think this is also the 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 rise of the uh, the men's magazines, your your maxims and whatever. Like there was yeah. a lot of, and, and it was like you know with the nitro babes or whatever. It was all it's all there. So what's keeping people from liking it? First, I think Oliver Platt's giant face mm-hmm. on the on the on the poster. I don't think that's helpful. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like wrestling movie with Oliver Platt. <laughs> Like, is he the manager? (laughs) Is he the bad guy? Weird. Like, he would have been a great Titus Sinclair had he he been cast in that part. Yes. 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 Everyone, everyone take one step to your left. That's (laughs) the role you're playing now. (laughs) Damn Dallas Page, you are now King. King, you are now Sinclair. David Arquette, you're now Sasha, the Nitro girl. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because he nailed that car pose. So I I think he could have done it. It was not the first time. No, no. no he, he's a pro, so I don't, it's hard yes. to say. Hard to say. But also, I think if they worked a little bit harder on, remember we talked about everybody took a right turn at some point in the movie. Suddenly, everyone had gone through an arc kind of off screen. Like, oh, I wish they had. If they had nailed that, I think everything else was in place because I don't think it's badly directed at all. I really don't. No, yeah. I no. I think I'm with you that like. They needed to probably pick one of these two because they're both there, but neither one is a real story arc of either. Um, it's a movie about how David Arquette's dad thinks he needs to grow up and stop watching wrestling and become a cop. And it's a road trip movie about his rebelling against his dad. Or it's a movie about how Oliver Platt used to be a grounded, likable person and then became an asshole once he became this big star and has to go back home and reconnect with his family and get retrained by his mentor, like to rediscover what was good about being like why he loved wrestling in the first place. And I think either of those movies, which were there, but then they forgot to tell those stories like, well yeah it's exactly you either do rocky three or dumb and dumber yes yeah right. and not try to do both yeah right yeah it's rocky so... three if we followed paulie for most of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh man in this age of reboots and origin stories now i want to see <laughs> paulie yeah we'll just shift perspective and we'll tell that story um uh, i yeah i think there was like a it doesn't have to be all encompassing. Don't change the tone of it. But like, I think if there was like just a thread of sincerity in there somewhere, you know, yes. mm-hmm. like what's what's uh, Gordy's dad really upset about? You right. know? Yeah. Yeah. What is his concern if it's that he he doesn't think that wrestling is a viable option, but then he sees by the end or like he they somehow tie it to the idea of being a cop or it's something yeah. about his just wanting his son to be. You know, this is a pipe dream, but oh, it's not a pipe dream because you've done well, it. Because yeah. it was a pretty sweet moment, I thought, when the dad was excited to see him kicking butt on Monday Nitro. Like, but it felt unearned. But it was unearned. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, we yeah. never, like, what was it about him kicking butt that touched him? You know? Yeah. Right. Like, if they'd set up, like, you'll never win in a fight. I worry about you. You yeah. know, what's going to happen when you're out on your own? How are you going to stand up for yourself or something? And then we see yeah. he, he sees that he does that. He knows yeah. his son's going to be okay. Like, okay, I can see that touching or whatever, pick whatever yeah. you want. But like, 
he just seemed to like just love ass kicking in general. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I wish that it had been like, oh man, if there had been, like I say, just one thread of sincerity there, like something that he saw in there that touched his heart. And we knew that, uh, based on everything we've seen before, like, oh, he's seeing that his son's going to be okay or his son is fulfilling something or he is proud of him now or something. I just wish there had been something. Oh man. Also now, sorry. Now I'm just having this moment of like, because Oliver Platt has a son there. You could have actually in the, like, the, well, the, like the, the most ambitious, well-written, like pure heart version of this is that Oliver Platt and David Arquette's dad have some conversation about pushing your son away and how ultimately you have to let your son find his own path and that he can't live the life you live or so like there, it was there somewhere. There was a cat's oh. cradle, Oliver Platt, Arquette's dad moment to be had. Well, I have here the original script, and <laughs> you are Jonathan right. Jonathan is yeah. holding up nothing. Yeah. It, <laughs> it is here, um, yeah. but someone crossed it out with a brown marker and <laughs> curse you, poop doctor. Wrote a poop joke in. I'm yeah. sorry. So yeah, that's mystery solved. I see, man. <laughs> if if we had been around, I think we could have sold them on the idea that the conversation happens as stated, but in two stalls next to each other after they both <laughs> ate some chili. While they're both just ripping just the dirtiest, just full sound effect. Just <laughs> that actually would have worked. Yeah. That actually would have worked. Honestly, I think it would have been perfect for this movie. <laughs> like, oh, 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 I got it. Okay. Okay. okay so um, Scott Conn, who has nothing to do in this movie, no. um, <laughs> realizes what's happening here and that these two dads need to have a heart to heart. Right? Yeah. You know where I'm going with this. You know what? I'll let someone else fill it in. So they go into the stalls and he locks the doors so that they and have to talk. You got to pay it off. And he plugs the oh, thing puts in. Puts the plunger in the thing. Yeah. yeah from and the turns it on. Yeah. And they cannot get up. And yeah. he will not let them get up from the toilet until they have this talk. Oh, man. If That's I, good. I've I never did. thought of a better reason to invent time travel. Uh <laughs> I did have that at the end when Scott Conn is wearing the suit. I was like, is this something he wanted? Like, did I miss the idea that this was ever mentioned before? I didn't even get that David Arquette wanted to be a wrestler. Like, I knew he was super into it. Yeah, but I'm like, I could buy that just because he got involved in the match or whatever. But the Scott Conn thing, I was seriously like, wait, what? Well, and because literally everybody that has been a fan of wrestling has at some point or another thought I could do that. Sure, sure, yeah. Sure. yeah. Like there's, there's no wrestling fan that hasn't at some point harbored dreams of being a pro wrestler. Was that suit a payoff to something? That's what I'm saying. That's a, it felt like a moment that I didn't understand where I was like, I feel like I'm supposed to get something from this that I'm not getting. It has some significance to yeah. them clearly, but I don't know what it is. When did the mask come out? How, how long? Like, how was he a big fan of Dick Tracy? <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Like it's so, it's so bizarre, but then it's like, yeah, at the end he's he's like, I'm going to go after the tag belts with my partner and our manager. And it was like, what? Like, what is happening right now? That was so strange. That was so strange. Yeah. Uh, every, I mean, everything about this movie makes less sense than the scene before it. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow makes perfect sense in the context of the bigger picture. It's true. It's true. All right. Well, it, this no, is... This, yeah, I don't know. I was, yeah, I was going to say, we're we're almost at an hour. I don't know, yeah, like what... If there's anything else anybody wants to... <laughs> Get on the record, but I, I feel like... No, we, I think that's yeah. it. I think we did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we 
we put in uh, the appropriate amount of effort into yeah. summing up <laughs> this movie. We may have put in more thought than the screenwriter to this movie, <laughs> in yeah. all honesty. It's possible. It's possible. Uh, the, the biggest tragedy of Ready to Rumble is all the ingredients are there to make something. Like, I believe oh, yeah. that there really is a love for wrestling baked into this. Yes. Like, it, yeah. it doesn't feel faked. Like, it feels real. They put money into it, obviously. It looks great. They put a lot of effort into their shots, into their compositions. Um, I, I think its greatest strength is its greatest weakness, and that is the poop doctor. Well, and yeah, I mean, I would love to be in a world where 20 years later, we're looking back as this as a, like a time capsule for the end of the Monday Night Wars. Like this was the last gasp of, you know, like if we just could be like, oh, what was it like being a wrestling fan in the late 90s, early 2000s? This. But you don't want to do that with this. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But yeah, no, I think. I think it's going to do it. Uh, now, Jonathan, if you want to reveal how many references to this movie you snuck into New Day's uh, gear at WrestleMania. So that, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. So almost all of them. Yeah. <laughs> I wondered why Xavier Woods is wearing the red suit at WrestleMania. Now it makes perfect sense. It makes sense. And that's why they're driving that brown sewage truck down the ramp. <laughs> Toward, yeah, it all makes sense now. Now yeah. it clicks. It was weird at Mania yeah. at the time, but yeah, now <laughs> it's perfect sense. What, what may surprise you is that I've put references to Ready to Rumble in every piece of gear they've ever worn. If you look close <laughs> enough, so go out there and hunt down those Easter eggs. You'll find yeah. them. Well, it's because Xavier Woods loves video games, but what we didn't realize it's always that video game with Oliver Platt in it that they were playing in the convenience <laughs> store. Is <It was> actually. <laughs> Oh, I forgot oh, about that. <laughs> that was some sweet, sweet two thousands. What, like sixteen bit graphics? Like that was that was some quality arcade stuff there. Yeah, that was so good. Um, all right, uh, no, but for real, um, do you want to tell people places to find things that you do, or is there things you want to mention? Or surely, yeah, you could find me at Davenpo, D A V E N P O E, on Instagram. I always uh, post the New Day designs and anybody else that I am able to help out with uh, wrestling gear the day after it or the night that it debuts. You know, there's a big mystery <laughs> involved, or you're not allowed to post anything before. But um, yeah, so check me out there. I am uh, the real Davenport on Twitter, but at the same time, I'm not because I don't understand Twitter. <laughs> I'm increasingly and, with like I've been harboring fantasies lately of just walking away from Twitter any day now. So I, I get it. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, for me, it's just the interface. I just don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, I just don't like I increasingly find myself like, why am I here? <laughs> I don't enjoy this. <laughs> when does this uh, drop, by the way? Is this before or after Mania? Uh, it's right after Mania. <laughs> so, Day after. after Mania. Okay. Yeah. That's, and that's all I have to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah. Um, and yeah, our Heroes Rock, um, I'm, I'm looking out for that because I know you guys already hit your funding and that is over by this point but now that means that we get it at some point so i'm very excited that's right yeah, yeah we hit our funding goal so it's actually going to be made and um 
we've been getting some pretty exciting phone calls uh, behind the scenes about it. So, you know, uh, we might end up with some pretty decent partners on it too. So we'll see. That's awesome. Nice. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thanks so much. Uh, and then, Thanks for having me, guys. This no, was so fun. This no, is this so is much great. fun. No, we'll definitely have to have you back. We'll try to, <laughs> you know, but we'll branch out. We'll get you for something non-wrestling next time. Sounds so. good. I'm in. Uh, but Andy, you want to hit him with our classic sign-off? Unfortunately, no dolphins were harmed in the making of this podcast. Silver Linings Playback is a production of HoboTrashCan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on Apple Podcasts. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. We have to ask. It's a podcast where we answer the question, are you going to eat that? What will you leave behind? Why get out of bed? Will you be our neighbor? I'm Marty. And I'm Jonathan. We're two hosts. Infinite Universes. We We have have to ask. New interviews every Tuesday. Find us on iTunes or online at wehavetoask.com or with the other great podcasts on the Peak Sloth Network at peaksloth.com. Peaksloth.com.